Um, we are wrapping up a series. Um, we have spent the last five weeks doing a series called Like a Child. And so today we're wrapping a series up and we're wrapping up the year. Like 2014 is over. Wow. I don't know if it's been good or bad for you. It's been a good year for us. We've, it's been fantastic. We're wrapping it up today. Like This is the last Sunday of the year. And so we're going to finish this series. We're going to finish the year um, talking about what does it mean to believe like a child. Now, this series, Like a Child, comes from Matthew 18, 3. Jesus, again, I love it when Jesus says things that blows my mind. He's talking to his disciples. These are guys that have been with him the whole time. They're all in. They're not going anywhere. These are the people that Phil talked about when he said, do you want to leave too? They said, kind of, but I'm not going to. They were all in. And he looked at these people who were committed to him and said in Matthew 18, 3, unless you change and become like a child, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. So if Jesus says, like, unless you do this, you won't enter the kingdom, I think we were smart to step back and go, well, what does this look like? What does it look like to be like a child? And I've heard so many people say, I love this series. I have loved it. I have gotten so much out of it. And here's why. Because as we've talked about what it means to be like a child, how many of you, like me, you just kind of think back to when you were a kid, right? And you think about, man, how life was simple. They had no bills. You just like, we had crackers too. They were tin cans that you talked to each other. We called them walkie-talkies, right? And we, it was just fun. Life was great. And so what's happened is over the last month or so, we've kind of talked about being like a child. And it's made us think about, man, is there a way to recapture that? Is it possible to be grown up but still be like a child? And I say that it is. Here's what we've talked about. The first week we talked about what does it look like to love like a child. Children do lots of things when they love, but if it boils down to one word, the answer is to love like a child means that we love unconditionally. Have you noticed that with your kids? You've noticed that you can, you can tick them off. You can be mean, and, and they'll still just wrap their arms around you, and not, not when they get older, right? But when they're small, as children, they, they're unconditional. They'll love you unconditionally. What does it mean like in the second week we talked about to live like a child? If we had to boil it down to one word, it'd be fearlessly. Kids live fearlessly. They'll try anything. The third week, we talked about what would it look like to give like a child. That was the week that we did to give the big give. You gave $2,503 for us just to give away to nonprofits in our area. What does it look like to give like a child? Children give generously, don't they? Like my daughter is the first to give all her money away to something that she's passionate about. And why do kids give money away like that? Because they believe with all their heart that there's more where that came from. They believe they can turn around to their mom and dad and say, give me more, right? When we, when we believe that our Father has unlimited resources, we'll give generously like that as well. And then last week, on the week before Christmas, we asked this question, how do we receive like a child? Sometimes as adults, it's hard for us to receive, right? People give us stuff like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. How do kids receive? They never say, oh, no, for me, thanks. They, re they receive enthusiastically. Did you have kids in receive enthusiastically on Christmas morning? Did you watch that? Did you watch how they didn't try to save the paper? All right? They just whack! And they're in the box. Like sometimes you give them a toy and they throw the toy out and get in the box, right? They're all about, the re they just receive enthusiastically. And so this morning, we want to wrap this up asking one more question. As we say goodbye to an old year, as we say hello to a new one, I want to ask this last question. How can we believe? like a child. How do we believe like a child? Um, maybe, maybe you've heard of this, this one kid that I'm going to show you in a minute. 
he's, he's got this video that to me just, just kind of personifies how kids believe. They believe wholeheartedly. It's like whatever they're selling, they really believe it can happen. So ladies and gentlemen, I just want to take the time and introduce you to the president of the United States of America. Something I want you to see right away is that kids, children, don't even consider for a second that that won't work, right? Again, I'm not asking you to agree that it would work, but what I need you to see is that there's not a moment that they don't think that wouldn't work, that if we actually said those 20, well, 21 things to people, that the world would be a better place. Because children believe wholeheartedly, and there's one simple reason for that. This is not a theological statement about original sin. This is just a comment. Children are not born doubting. They're born trusting. They don't, they're not born doubting. They're born trusting. Something cynical, and I hate to say this, but it's true. Something cynical happens to us when we grow up, doesn't it? Like you can't even see it happening. But we just become a little more cynical about the world. We become a little more doubting, a little less trusting. And so we have a hard time believing anything. But when we believe like a child, it means that we'll trust. And so here's what I want to do this morning. You've got a, you've got a note sheet probably. I want, to, I want to give you a statement. I want to make some comparisons. And then I want to give you a challenge. It'll go pretty quick. So let's just start with a statement. Here's the statement. I thought about making this the big idea, but then the more I thought about it in my head, by the way, if you're new here, the big idea is me admitting that you won't remember anything that I say. So if you can just remember one sentence, you got it, okay? So every week there's a big idea. I thought about this being the big idea, but then the more I thought about it, it's just a little confusing, so I, I, I need to explain it a little bit more. So we'll just make it a statement, and then I'll help you explain it, and then I'll give you a challenge. Here's the statement. You ready? Biblical belief is more about trusting than adjusting. It's more about trusting than adjusting. Let me explain what I mean by that. Adjusting is simply the adult act of needing everything to make sense before we believe. Sometimes God's just going to call you to do stuff and he's going to call you to believe stuff that just doesn't make any sense. I've been trying to think about, uh, you know, good examples. And uh, while we were singing, I thought about a movie I saw, The Gabby Douglas Story. Um, I, I don't know the whole thing about Gabby Douglas, but I know she was in the Olympics and she won some medals and she looks like Katie Parr. That's all I know about Gabby Douglas, right? Except when I watched the movie, there was this one scene where she's with her small friends. They're really small and they're watching, they're watching gymnasts on TV. And she's watching this girl and she's amazing. And then she sees the coach, and she's mesmerized, and she turned to her mom. I don't know how she was, she was like seven years old. And she said, he's going to be my coach. And she's a, just a single mom, multiple kids, no money. And sure enough, despite all the odds, it should never have worked out. Eventually, that guy became her coach, and she became an Olympic champion. See, that's what I mean by adjusting. You watch in this movie, you watch this mom try to, and I'm not saying mom shouldn't do this, should, but they're trying to figure out how can I make this work? Gabby Douglas never for a second thought it wouldn't happen because sometimes belief is about trusting more than adjusting. It's also not a statement that says we shouldn't think. Um, I know that you, if you're like me, you may have met some Christians that you're pretty sure don't have a brain, right? Well, I just believe in Jesus. 
Great. Can you give me anything else, right? I mean, can sometimes like doctrine, theology, knowing what you believe, knowing what the Bible says, that's really important. And so this is not a statement that says, hey, we shouldn't do that. It's just a statement that as, as adults, we tend to lean towards figuring it out when kids just tend to lean towards it'll happen. Okay, does that make sense? Let me just give you a couple of scriptures just so you can know that I'm totally on board with learning. My wife has a master's. She's brilliant. I have a master's because I bribed somebody. Um, but still, it's important to learn, right? Here's a couple of verses. 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15. Let's just throw that up there. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. It's in 2 Timothy 2.15. Um, some translations will say this, study to show yourself approved. Do I have any teachers in the house? Study, study implies that you would be using your cheat sheet, right? Come on, people, cheat sheet. No, no your brain, right? You got to use your mind. Um, in Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus is approached by some people, and he's, he's taken all of the laws, and there were a ton of laws, I think like well over 600 laws in the Old Testament. And he took all of those, and he said, look, let's just boil them all down to two. And he said in this verse, he said, the greatest commandment, was that we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. So the greatest commandment involves the mind. So I don't want you to think for a second that what I'm saying is, hey, just trust God. Don't try to figure anything out. Like, just go with the flow. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that children typically just trust immediately, whereas adults tend to sit back and try to figure it out before they even consider trusting. But biblically, belief is more about trusting than adjusting. Let me give you a few comparisons, and um, hopefully this will, this will help make more sense. Um, this is the part of the message where it's going to seem like you're at the Dr. Phil show. So I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff, and there's little, little pithy sayings that you can jot down if you want to. None of them are the big idea, but they're all pretty good. And so at the end of the service, if I give you the big idea and you don't like it, you can pick one of these. Okay, so you just write down one that makes sense to you. Just some comparison statements between trusting and adjusting. I just want to make sure that you get this concept before we go forward. Here we go. Here's just some comparison statements. They'll be on the screen for you. Trusting is about the heart. Adjusting is about the head. Trusting sees a promise and asks when. Adjusting sees a promise and asks how. Again, because when implies it's going to happen. I just don't know when. But adults are like, how's that going to happen? Right? When we trust, I love this. When we trust, we can go all in even when it isn't all clear. When we adjust, we'll stay in place waiting for everything to fall into place. Now, I need to explain that one, okay? Um, because you're, you're like, I don't know if I believe that or not. How many of you are married? Raise your hand. <laughs> You've all lived this out. You don't even have to believe in Jesus to know that this is true. The minute that somebody asked you to marry them or you were asked or, or you asked somebody to marry you and they said yes, they went all in without things being all clear, Right? Because you didn't know if she was going to squeeze the tube in the middle or roll it up at the bottom like the right people do, right? When she said yes, you didn't know if she was going to be an 
under the roll or over the roll? I think we all know it's supposed to be over the roll, right? Because you've seen that picture on the internet of the spider that's hiding under there. That's why you should always go over the roll. You didn't know that stuff, right? You didn't know if she was going to be good with the money or not. If You said no, but you still said yes. You still married her when she said yes. We, we get this all the time. Trusting allows you to go all in even when it isn't all clear. When we're adjusting, we stay in one place. We wait until everything falls into place before we ever move. Trusting believes God and adjusting believes in God. That sounds kind of weird, but here's what I mean by that. The Bible says in James that even the demons believe in God and tremble. A lot of people believe in God, right? Especially when they're drunk, right? Everybody believes in Jesus then. When they're hurting, a lot of people believe in God. But trusting believes God, period. This is perfect for kids. Trusting doesn't ask if something is doable before they believe it can be done. Trusting doesn't ask if something's doable before believing it can be done. And that sums up kids right there, right? I mean, I thought about bringing lots of really great, funny videos of kids trying to jump over a pool and failing. Have you watched those videos? Like some kid just gets like 20 feet away and runs up to the pool and just leaps with everything he's got and always ends up in the wrong spot, right? But back here, it never even crosses his mind that it can't be done. He's like, yeah, this I can jump this pool. And they just go. Trusting is like that. Trusting is relational. Adjusting is rational. Trusting is about a person. Adjusting is about principles. Trusting is about relationships. Adjusting is about results. Is it making sense? Is it coming, getting more clear for you? Here's one last one. One last one. Trusting is more about forward progress than future success. Now, i got to read you a verse so you'll know that all this came from the Bible, right? Now, in the verse, it's not going to have all those things there. But um, in Hebrews chapter 11, if you grew up in church at all, if you've ever been to something we used to call Sunday school, um, you've heard of Hebrews 11. It's a, it's a chapter in the Bible that talks about lots of really big people in the Bible like Abraham and Moses and Noah. And these people that, like, they were all in with God. They loved him. They served him. And they had a lot of faith, right? So Hebrews 11 is called like the hall of faith, right? The great faith chapter. And it just goes through people after people. Like when I read Hebrews 11, I just read and go, man, God, I, I want to be like those people. Like I would love if you were rewriting the Bible for people like by faith, Paul, right? And just fill in whatever I did in my life. This is a great chapter of people that really believe God. They were all in. And here's what it says in verse 13. It's a curious verse. Hebrews eleven thirteen 13 says this, all these people were still living by faith when they died. And they did not, everybody say not. No, everybody say not. not. They did not receive the things promised. Like, let that sink in for a second. The men, the women, the people that God includes in Hebrews 11 that he stamps as people who believed him died without receiving what they were promised. Now, in our American culture, we're very results-based, right? So if you don't perform at work, you get fired, right? 
Man, we, 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 we see not having the results as failing. And if we, if we judge these people that God says were faithful, the way that we see this in America, then we would have to say, and these people were still living by faith when they died, but they're losers because they did not receive what they were promised. They did not have the results to match their faith. We read that, and that's when we become adult and cynical. But God said about them, they still had faith. They were still believing like a kid that, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Biblical belief isn't about the end result as much as it's about friendship with God. It's not about the end result as much as it's about friendship with God. And this all leads to uh, that, third, that third point on your paper. It's, that's the big idea for today. And I want to give you the big idea, and I want you to think about this in terms of next year. Okay, so 2015, we're wrapping up 2014. We're going into 2015, and you're already excited because you're thinking, man, all those, those comparisons, those were really good. Like, I'm jotting those down. You're tweeting those, and you're like, the big idea is going to be amazing. Maybe. Maybe. But here's what the big idea says. Don't just believe for something. Believe towards something. Don't just believe for something. Believe towards something. These people in Hebrews that we read about, it's a bunch of people who believed that God would deliver what he promised. They believed it so strongly that even if they died without receiving it, they were still believing. Well, maybe I'm not going to get it. Maybe my kid's going to get it. Maybe, maybe their kid's going to get it, but somebody's going to get it because God said it was going to happen. Their belief was seen in their actions. They lived and died moving toward what they were believing for. So forget about resolutions. Like, you know, in the next week, people are going to make resolutions, right? I, I love resolutions. Resolutions are the reason why there's no parking spaces at the gym in January and February, but plenty in June, right? Because nobody follows through on resolutions. This is when people will spend December the 31st drinking either, depending on, you know, where you are in drinking stuff, you're either going to drink a beer, a wine, a champagne, or sparkling grape juice, right? <laughs> One of those things, right? So you're drinking and you're thinking, what do I want to, what, what do I want in 2015? Well, I'm just, I'm going to believe for, and then you'll just say whatever. And then we just do this. Well, I'm believing God for... A new job. God's up in heaven going, send a resume. Be a better employee. Well, I'm believing God for my marriage to get better. Fix her. God's like, be a better husband. Serve her. We believe for things, but Hebrews 11 was full of people who believed towards things. This year, I want you to believe toward things. Put some action to your belief. Believe like a child. Go in wholeheartedly in a God who's trustworthy. Here's a few verses you can later on on your own time. Just Google what does the Bible say about God's faithfulness. There's a ton of verses. Here's two that you can just jot down. Psalm 9:10. This is the God that we're trusting. These are verses to remind us who we're trusting in more than what we're trusting for, right? Because it's all, again, trusting is about a person. It's about God. It's about Jesus. 
adjusting is about principles, trying to figure out if I do it the right way, then I'll have a formula to work out. No, trusting is about a person. This is the person that we're trusting. Psalm 910 says this, those who know your name trust in you because you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. First Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.24 says, The one who called you is faithful, and he will do it. Let me give you just a couple examples. Don't just believe God for a closer relationship with Jesus. That sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? What do you want to see happen in 2015? I am believing for a closer relationship with my Lord. Hallelujah. Don't just believe for that. Believe towards that. Do things like this. Um, talk to him in prayer. Maybe sing to him a little in worship. Some of you don't sing well. Do it in the car where nobody's around. Do it in the shower. And you know, that'll work unless elf's there, right? And then it's weird, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe worship. Maybe pray. Maybe read the Bible. Do things that will actually move you towards what you want. Well, I'm just going to believe God for friends. And how many of you could use more friends? I could. Well, I'm, I'm going to believe God for friends in 2015. Uh, okay. You can believe God for friends or you can believe towards friends. You can do things like be in a community group. You could serve people. This is my, this is my favorite. Send the first text. Make the first call. Instead of doing... Well, I'm just believing God for friends. Dude, ain't nobody will be your friend. Nobody wants to be friends with a porcupine. It's hard to hug a porcupine. It hurts. Send the first text. Extend yourself. Believe towards it. Well, God, help me to be friendly so that I can have friends. That's what the people in Hebrews 11 did. When you do that, you'll find yourself at the end of your life Maybe you didn't receive all the promise, but you've died in faith. You have lived and died believing like a child. You've got your note sheet. Here's what I want you to do. Here's how we're going to end this series. Here's how we're going to end the year and go into the next one. I want you to take your note sheet. I want you to flip it over. Right about now, you're thinking, I knew I should have gotten a note sheet. You can pull out any piece of paper you want to, or you can prick your finger and write it in blood. Whatever you want to do. And here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you some time to think about it. I want you to write on the back of your sheet something that you can believe God towards for the new year. Let me give you a, a quick example, something I did in my life, and then I'm going to show you a video so you can kind of process this because I know I'm throwing a lot of things at you to think about <laughs> right now. Y'all that are really type A, you're like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me right now to write down the exact right thing. Not really, okay? Not really. You're going to have time to think about it, and God's going to give you something. You're going to write it down. Here's one example of, of believing for versus believing towards, okay? So when I was, my whole life, I mean, I've always, I've wanted to be a writer. And so I have believed to be a writer. I believe for writing my whole life. And you can ask Wendy. I'll come to her like, you know, every other month. And I'm just like, Man, this would be a great book. And I'll give her the title because I'm really good about titles. i got great titles. And in, but how many of those books have I written? I've written none of those books. I've written two books of like just devotions, but I've written none, I have none of those books to show for it. So last year, I sat down. With, I was just hanging out with God, talking to him. I said, you know what, God? I'm never going to be a writer if I'm just always talking about writing. 
the only way for me to be a writer is to write. And so it's just a small thing for me and God. On Thursdays, I would sit down and write a blog post. That's it. And I'm not even good at it. Like, I'm, there's, there's like a two, two and a half month period where it's like every time I sat down to write, I had nothing. Just, so I didn't post anything. So there's like two and a half months in 2014 where there's nothing new on the blog, right? But I just, just me and God just trying to be faithful. Like, I want to I believe towards this because I really feel like there's a book in me that needs to get out. And so at the end of the year, it sounds really anal for me to know the exact number of words, but there's an app that tells me, okay? 37,531 words. So over a year of just trying, just me trying to, to believe towards something, that's the equivalent of a 150-page book. It's not published. It won't be published. You can read it all for free on my blog. But the point is, I can do this and wait on God to move it and make it happen, or I can believe towards it and give him something to move. God loves to steer moving ships. Instead of us waiting on him to move things for us, maybe we just start to believe towards it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to watch one last video. And while, while you're watching it, I want you to start to ask God, what, what, am I, what, can, I believe you, what can I believe towards in 2015? What can I write down on this sheet of paper? And no, I'm not gonna, you're not going to turn it in. This is not for me to see. This is just for you and Jesus. Nobody else is going to see it. Let's watch this video, and I'll come up, and I'll wrap it up. I want you to take that paper, take a pen. I just want you to write down what you're going to believe towards in 2015. And then I'm going to ask you to, this is, there's nothing magical about this at all, but I'm going to ask you to take that piece of paper. I'm going to ask you to put your hand on top of what you wrote. And we're just going to end the service praying for God to blow our minds with what you just wrote down. Ephesians 3.20 says that he does more than we could ever ask or imagine. Some ways that God can blow your mind. Some maybe wrote down, God, this time next year, I want to have adopted a child. You know what I'm praying? I'm praying that this time next year you've adopted a people group with tons of kids that don't know Jesus. Maybe you've asked God to give you a better job. I'm asking that he not just gives you a better job with a better paycheck. He gives you a job full of people that need Jesus. He blows our minds when we give him something to work with. God, I pray right now for these these sheets of paper, there's nothing magic about this, but in all honesty, for some of us, just writing it down, just taking a pen out and writing down what's on our heart, that we've almost, almost been scared to even breathe out loud because we'd be ridiculed. It's such a big dream. It's so much bigger than us. It's the kind of dream that adults think can't happen, but kids would jump all over. And so I pray, God, in this room, as, as we've kind of learned to become like children, to believe you, to enter into your kingdom, I just pray, Lord, that you would breathe life into these dreams and that you would blow our minds at how you pull this off.
God, that this time next year, when we look back at 2015, we wouldn't even be able to explain to somebody what happened. Maybe we're not even going to be here next year. Maybe we'll be here, but we'll be with different people next year. Maybe there's relationships that we don't even know about that are going to take place. There are some here who are praying. They wrote on that sheet of paper, and they had to cover it. They're like, please, God, help my marriage. God, I'm praying that this time next year, not only are two people barely surviving in marriage, but they are thriving. That they have seen such a turnaround that other couples are coming to them and saying, how did you do it? That ministries would be born out of what we wrote down on these sheets. God, the, the people that wrote down, help me break this addiction, that this time next year they would be helping others break addictions. God, use what we wrote down and use it in a way that only you can to bring yourself even more glory. We trust you. Like children, we trust you. We're not going to try to figure it out. We're not going to try, God, to make it make sense. We're going to go all in, even without it being all clear. We're not going to believe you for it. We're going to believe towards it. Now to him who is able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine, according to his power that works in us, to him be the glory. In your name, Jesus. Amen.